0: So welcome to week three of discomfort. You know, we're doing this series about how we need to discomfort, right? We need to leave what's comfortable so we can live what's possible. And my guess is some of us are still on the fence about it, right? And that's understandable. But what we've learned is God is going to use discomfort in our lives. He's preparing us for the promise. Now, last week we talked about the discomfort of waiting. Remember that? Um, Anybody else get stuck behind a lot of slow cars this week? Just me? And today, we're not even going to get a breather because we're going to go right from waiting into obedience. We're going to talk about the discomfort of obedience. Now, obedience is kind of a dirty word in the church, right? We don't like to talk about it, but it is so necessary. Obedience is actually how God prepares us to receive what he's promising to us. Today, we're gonna look at the life of Abraham and we're gonna see how God used obedience in his life to kind of work out the almost that was a part of his culture. So he would get ready to receive what God had for him. Here's your big idea. The difference between almost in and all in is obedience. And we're gonna see Abraham take this climb this horrible climb up a mountain to be tested in obedience. But before we get to that, we got to cover some backstory. And the backstory goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 11. Now, here's what we know. We know that Abraham, I mentioned this in week one, Abraham was a part of a family of almost. He had this DNA of almost in. We know at the end of Genesis chapter 11, that they were on their way to the promised land. And what did they do? The Bible says that they they stopped and they settled halfway to the promise. Now, I don't wanna be one of those preachers that meddles, right? But can I just challenge you lovingly, those of you who have settled halfway, here's what it looks like in our world. I know he's not a Christian, but at least he's nice to me. And besides, there's no other really good people out there. How about this one? I know that my boss does some underhanded things, but at least it's a paycheck. And, and this one really is, is one I'm struggling with right now. Hey, my workout clothes, they're comfortable and they're cheap. Don't, don't bother me with how they're made in some sweatshop in another part of the world by slaves. See, we're, we're almost in in all kinds of places. And God wants to challenge us to not be almost in, but to be all in, just like he challenged Abraham. So what we know about Abraham, again, is that he came from a culture of almost. And as we look at this backstory, before we get to Genesis chapter 22, we're gonna see how God used discomfort all the way through the journey to work almost out of him, so he could be a man of all in. Just a couple important important stops along the way. So Genesis chapter 12, Abraham, to his credit, he leaves comfort and he starts to pursue the promise. In the same chapter, he gets nervous, afraid, and he lies about his wife. Says that she's actually his sister. He never comes clean because he starts getting all this luxury and he's he don't want to come out of that comfort, right? So he's already almost at that point. Genesis chapter 13, we know that Lot his nephew he chooses to go to sodom why because it reminded him of egypt so even in the family that family tree it's a family of almost of settling genesis chapter 16 we talked about this last week abraham and hagar come on like i mean they got together and had ishmael they tried to force the plan of god to happen that's definitely another almost moment genesis chapter 18 this is an odd one to me so Abraham kind of haggles with God, right, over the destruction of Sodom. And he's like, hey, if there's, if there's 50 righteous, if there's 40, if there's 30. And it used to make me, like, question, why was God going back and forth with Abraham? But, but if God is working the almost out and replacing it with an all in, then it makes perfect sense. Because here's what's happening. God is not on trial in that story. Abraham is. And God's just seeing how far will Abraham go. To, to to stand up for the people that he loves genesis chapter 19 sodom gets destroyed which is a whole nother story there wasn't even there weren't even 10 righteous people in the city but when sodom gets destroyed now again we're talking about the family history the family tree right a family of almost it says that lot hesitated to leave a city that was going to be destroyed and we know this that lot's wife turned back right again this is almost one more genesis chapter 20 Abraham, almost at the end of the journey, gets afraid again. And for the second time, he lies about his wife and says that, well, she's my sister. And I know some of y'all are going to Google that, and you're going to find commentators that say, well, you know, she kind of was his sister, like a half-sister, but can we just be honest? He lied because he was afraid. And that's what almost n people do. And then in Genesis chapter 21, last stop before we get to the, the climb up that hill, Genesis chapter 21, after 25 years of waiting, God gave him Isaac. And I I highlight that because I want you to remember this. We are almost in, but God is all in on his word. He always keeps his promise. And all of that brings us to Genesis chapter 22, where we find God asking Abraham to climb a mountain and do the unthinkable. This, this story in Genesis chapter 22 it's always been a little strange to me here's what's gonna happen God who promised Abraham a son took 25 years to deliver on that promise turns right around and asks Abraham to sacrifice his son now spoiler alert Isaac is not gonna die but what father would kill their own son and what God would actually ask a father to do that. You know, this story is a foreshadowing of the cross, right? I mean, at the cross, God, the father, actually did sacrifice his son. But it's also a picture of how Abraham passed the final test. This was the test to see whether or not Abraham was gonna go from being almost in to being all in so let's just take a minute and let's see exactly how he did on the test beginning of the story verse 3 says that abraham got up early the next morning when you're almost in on obedience you don't get up early you wait you hesitate do you see the the difference in in even abraham's mindset He's up early to do what's going to be hard. Verses 4 and 5, it says this, that after they had walked for three days, so they'd walked about 50 miles, right? I ran 50 miles on my 50th birthday, y'all. That's a long way. After they had walked three days and 50 miles, the Bible says that they looked up and still, the place they were going was still in the distance. And what does it say that they did? He said, the boy and I will travel a little further. And that's that's all in almost in stops and settles and that's what they had done before but not now he continued to walk on here's another test verses seven and eight his son turns to him and says where's the sheep and abraham's answer is god will provide um do we remember what he did when he didn't have a son before and he got together with hagar and tried to make it happen That's what almost in does. But here's a man who's all in and he's actually trusting God to do what he said he would do. Verse 10 says, Abraham picked up the knife, right? He picked up the knife to kill his son. Listen, almost in would have hesitated there, but he didn't. Do you remember Lot and how Lot hesitated to leave Sodom? But here there's no hesitation. And then what does the Bible say? Why did he pick up that knife? I mean it wasn't to examine it sharpen it like look at how how well it was crafted he picked it up on purpose to kill his son now don't get lost on those words right he picked it up to kill his son what does that even mean for us it means almost N would have questioned the command right but he didn't question the command as a matter of fact We learn in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 19 that the reason he was willing to kill his son was because he believed that God would bring him back from the dead. Now think about that. Think about the progress that we've seen in Abraham's life. Just a few chapters earlier, right? He actually laughed in disbelief that God could give him a new son. And now here he is on top of a mountain believing that God can resurrect a dead son that's the difference y'all between being almost in and being all in and god has used the discomfort of this journey to help abraham go all in through obedience now listen the rest of this story i can't tell it to you here we got to get to the top of the hill so we can talk about the hope that this story brings to you and me So here we are top of the mountain right and i picture abraham he's at the top of the mountain he was willing to sacrifice his own son the angel steps in says don't lay a hand on the boy god provides right he provides the ram that they need and so i just want to um show you the reward show you the payoff of the price of obedience because if you're like me when i say the difference between almost in and all in is obedience you're probably thinking is it worth it it's kind of the culture that we're in right we we want to know what we're getting for what we're paying so let me just share with you some takeaways from this story that will provide hope for you and for me here's number one god's provision was in the place of obedience did you catch that i mean i guess god could have halfway there along the way caused a ram to appear but the ram didn't show up until Abraham got to the place where obedience was required. There's a lot of hope for that, right? Every step of obedience moves us closer to the provision. So that three day journey, every step that they took got them one step closer to what God was gonna provide for them. So my encouragement to you is keep walking in obedience. Don't stop. The last takeaway is that greater revelation is on the other side of your obedience. Listen to what happened immediately after Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac. Genesis 22, verses 15 through 18 says this, Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says, Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Listen to this last part. All because you have obeyed me. Abraham walks up a mountain expecting to hear a different sound than what he heard, and even than what I'm hearing right now. I'm right here at the top of this mountain and I can hear kids playing down below. The sound of children is the perfect way to wrap up this teaching because that's the promise that God gave to Abraham. He said, because you've obeyed me, when you look up at the the stars at night, that's how many descendants you're going to have. When you look at the the seashore, you're going to have that many descendants. I mean, he, he could just hear the nations roaring because he had been obedient. And this morning... Man, I wanna call you to that. I wanna call you to obeying God in such a way that He says the promises are yours. Not because you earned them, but because the obedience was what helped you pass the test. And it changed you from being almost in to being all in. Listen, as Phil and Jen lead us in this last song, would you take some time and just kinda recalibrate your soul with God if, if you're not willing to pay the price, tell God that. I'm not sure about this, God. I'm still a little bit unsure if I even like you using discomfort in my life. He'll listen to you, right? But as you pray, man, remember the sound of these kids. Think about the sound of generations praising God, playing, laughing, all because you said right here, right now, in my generation, through me, my obedience is going to pave the way. And I'm going to go from almost into to all in and watch God's promises come true. opportunity to hear your teaching from your word the word that gives life and father it guides us throughout this life Um, we thank you for your faithfulness Lord I pray that as Paul said that we wouldn't be a people who are almost in but that we would be all in on you because God you are all in on us Uh, we thank you for that we thank you for the gift of Christ We thank you for uh, this this gift of life that you've given us this day. I pray that we would go out and we would share your good news and your love for the world around us. Uh, Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys, for joining with us this morning. Hey, stay tuned and do not forget to follow us on all of our social media outlets as we roll out our plan uh, to get us back here in the building. Hey, we love you guys, and we will see you here next Sunday.